welcome to episode 5 of Bear Bears, the podcast where I peel back the layers of my body image issues one topic at a time. I might also talk about my weight loss journey, or rather my lack of weight loss as it is at the moment, and then I'll talk about other stuff that's come up during the week and maybe some other shit that goes on. Who knows where it'll go once I actually start speaking. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about my relationship with food and a possible new development. I've always considered myself a bit of a a food enthusiast. I, I wouldn't call myself a foodie because I don't know enough about food as a whole to to call myself a foodie uh but but i would i would consider myself a culinary explorer i'm willing to try most things at least once and before i became a vegan i would say i have eaten almost every meat product available on the market Uh, i used to take my steak blue which is obviously the best way to take it when you're not a vegan uh, I tried fried wasp one year when I was on holiday, which was um, there's no denying it was tasty, but it was it was yeah certainly interesting. As long as food didn't contain tomatoes or citrus fruit, I was happy to try anything. I'm allergic to those two things, which is why I don't eat them. Um, but I was prepared to try anything at least once. Now I'm also not a great cook. Another reason why I couldn't call myself a foodie, as it were. Uh, Let's call me an experimental cook. And I'm sure Brad would be happy to tell people the the story of my chicken glue or the the Spanish omelette I made him when we were first getting together. But food, regardless of my failures as a cook or my my status as a vegan food has always been a comfort for me as well as a companion and as well as you know the fuel to get me through the day if i'm happy i eat if i'm celebrating we have a celebratory meal if i'm sad well i eat those feelings but lately i have realized that my fascination with food has crossed a line into something far more complicated I don't just eat because I want to, I eat because it's there. If I stop at the petrol station and I I fill with fuel, I will grab something to eat. Even if I'm not hungry, I just want it and my willpower isn't strong enough to not do it. And confession time, the days where I manage to not buy anything, I celebrate and congratulate myself. I say to myself, wow, you are fantastic, well done for not buying that food. And then the next day, I'm passing somewhere that sells food, and I'll buy something, and I'll buy it to celebrate the fact that I didn't buy food the day before. And I will say to myself, you didn't buy it yesterday, so you deserve it today. It's a vicious circle, and it's one that I can't seem to get out of. There's also the odd occasion where I purchase food, and I actually don't realize I've bought it until I either get back in the car or get to wherever I'm going. And I I have to wonder what that's all about. For diet programs, most of them ask you to track what you're eating. And that should be easy enough, shouldn't it? But it's not when you have no idea of when you're stuffing your face with certain things. So that, that obsession, that that forgetting about eating, forgetting that I'm actually eating things, 
as well as working on liking myself, was one of the reasons that I started this podcast, to, di- to discover what it is that drives me to do these things. So after episode three, I got some correspondence from a lovely lady in New Zealand who sent some really nice comments, and I'm very grateful, so thank you for your, for your email. Uh, and she also linked an article to a man who, like me, had an obsession with food. Now, to cut a long story short, and I will post the article uh, as a link in the show notes, the man discovered that, were, that there was the possibility that his issue with food was genetic, a chemical imbalance. Well, to be honest, the second I read that, uh, that part of the article, I pretty much switched off from the rest of the content and I concentrated on how my, my obsession with food could be genetic, how I could also have a chemical imbalance. And I started to get excited thinking I have finally found the reasons behind my overeating. There was no, oh, it might be this. I instantly said, it has to be this. Because it wasn't that, because now with this genetic imbalance, it doesn't mean that I have no willpower. It doesn't mean that I'm weak. It actually means that my brain is wired wrong and that I can't help myself. And this meant that it wasn't my fault. The genetics were. And I don't know if you remember, but in episode one or two, I can't remember now, I, I said something along the lines of, blaming other people for my body image issues because if I blamed other people then it wasn't my fault and I didn't have to I I didn't have to take the blame and that kind of made it okay and I could live in some kind of happy bliss hating myself because it was somebody else's fault but in reality it isn't now I'm not saying that there hasn't been a negative influence from people in some way from some people rather in my life but they're not the reason because I I could have dealt with them and one of the things I talked about in episode three when I gave the mental health tips was about avoiding negative people and that's something I actively do for my own better mental health so being real people aren't to blame for my negative self-image I am but after reading that article clearly I'm not to blame genetics are or so I thought. You see, while some of us approach food as a, as a nourishment, I, I grapple with this unrelenting obsession around food that, that I forget that I'm eating, or I forget that I'm buying it, or I forget that I've eaten and I eat some more. And even to the point where I'm fit to bursting and full and my stomach is aching, I just, I just want one last mouthful because it just tastes so good good and sometimes I put that last mouthful in my mouth without even realizing that I'm doing it and it's not until I'm trying to swallow it and struggling because I'm already full that I think to myself why did I do that so could this obsession with food could it be genetic could it be a chemical imbalance I started doing my own research and I mean proper research not Wikipedia not Google Thanks to uni, I actually have access to peer-reviewed journals and articles, so I started looking at those. And unfortunately, most of the research around genetics and eating habits, well, it centers around anorexia and bulimia. 
and I undoubtedly have neither of those. But there was some research. So researchers at the UCLA College of Medicine did a study on eating habits and found that the overweight participants all had the same genetic aberration, namely a D2 dopamine marker. And this is the same marker that's seen in people who are addicted to alcohol. So it turns out there could very well be a chemical imbalance causing my eating. But is it a genetic cause out of interest? Like maybe I have got this chemical imbalance. It doesn't mean that I've inherited it from somewhere, but out of interest, had I? In other words, can I blame the family? Do you see? Do you see where my mind goes? I instantly want to blame other people for my problems. Problems that I have caused, I instantly want to blame others. Now clearly, genetics play a huge part in my life. My stunning good looks and my amazing sense of humour must have come from somewhere. But did these genetics also pass down a passion for me stuffing my face and managing to forget about it? So surely for that to be the case, someone in my family must have done the same thing. Well, it just so happens I've done extensive work into my family tree. I've actually gone back quite far. I've gone back to the 1600s. Now, for those that lived throughout the the 1900s and early into the 1900s, I'm kind of lucky that we have photographs, we have pictures of these people. And none of them are obese in their pictures. Now, there is one in my family who is obese, um, uh, but I refuse to uh, acknowledge that person or even give reference to them and that's as much as I'm going to say this is one other person um in fact I wouldn't say they're obese I would just say they are overweight but again as I said I don't want to talk about them and I have my reasons and I'm sticking to them but other than them there was no one in the photos I can see that has any weight on them and if I look at my parents my my father used to play football professionally and photos of him as a young man show him with the kind of body that would put him on the cover of magazines now he doesn't have that now but you know he's in his 70s he's relaxed he's allowed to he's allowed to gain a few pounds but in his youthful days absolutely not in his youthful days he could have been an Abercrombie and Fitch model my mom, at five foot one, was still a statuesque powerhouse who could have easily given Naomi Campbell a run for her money on the catwalk. My grandparents on both sides weren't heavy, although my nan probably would have been considered so in her later years. But easily growing up and going into her 60s, she absolutely wasn't. And none of those relatives that I know of ate the way I do. Like the contact I've had with all of my relatives, I don't remember any of them saying anything along the lines of what I'm saying or discussing it or mentioning it or picking at food constantly at the buffet or putting that last spoonful in the mouth. I don't remember any of my relatives ever doing anything like that. And surely if, if the pictures don't show overweight people, then they didn't 
have that issue, surely. That's, that's what's going through my head. But let's be honest, it's not as simple as that. Because every single member of my family could have the exact same genetic D2 dopamine marker. But that doesn't mean it has to be active. These markers can lay dormant. There's a possibility that every single one of them has this gene. And every single one of them ate the same way I did. But maybe they had other conditions, like an overactive thyroid that stopped them from appearing heavy. Okay, so maybe there isn't the possibility that all of them had that, because, you know, what are the chances? But there's the possibility that at least one of them did, yet still didn't appear heavy. But it's like this. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. And maybe I have it. And maybe I don't. The only way I will know is to see if the doctors can test for it. And I say if they can. Obviously, the research from UCLA clearly shows that, that medicine does allow us to test for this gene. But will my GP do it? Or will I have to go elsewhere? And if so, how much is it going to cost me? But back to the article. In it, the writer goes on to talk about medication he was given. And it's a medication for diabetes. And it's one of the side effects was appetite suppression. So I looked into this medication. And in Ireland, it's currently only licensed for use with diabetes. And there are no plans to license it for use as a weight loss drug. And it's currently not licensed in the UK for treatment with diabetes. It's not licensed at all in the UK. And from what I've read, there are no plans to actually license it. Yet, thanks to the internet, there is a website offering to supply it to me legally. So do I want to go down that road? Do I want to start medicating? Well, potentially yes. Because I've got into my head that my body image issue is because I'm heavy. Yet, yeah, as I said to Scott in last week's interview, even if I lost all the weight, I'd probably find something else to not like. So before I even think about going down the route of buying medication online, something I'm genuinely not sure I want to do or I like the idea of, I need to work through my entire thought process around body image. I think it's more important to start liking myself first than it is to start medicating for weight loss. So where am I now after this research? Well, honestly, I am in a world of confusion. I'm in, I'm in this, this place of denial and acceptance. There is the happy possibility that I could sort out one of my issues with a DNA test and a wonder drug. And combined with the fact that even then, I still think I might not like myself, this is all making my head spin. I need to get real and accept that all this could just be bullshit. For me, anyway. Not the genetics or the drugs. Not that I think they're bullshit. I think that's absolutely a possibility for people. I think the medication would help some people. I think some people may have this D2 dopamine genetic marker that makes them forget their eating, that makes them obsessed with food. But for me, I think I'm clutching at straws. And I think I need to keep saying to myself that I'm clutching at straws because if it's true and it worked, 
who would I blame for the problems then? Because I'd have to blame somebody. Because that's what I do. I don't like it. And I know it's wrong. And those thoughts of blaming somebody else, they soon pass, but I still have to do it first. Because once they've passed, I realise that I'm to blame. And I think my issue is partly psychological. My good friend Ria suggested that this could be something connected to my past. Uh, and that's something else that I'm going to explore. I may not be so open about it on the podcast, but I'll try and make it work. And because I, I think she's right. I think she has a point. And it's something I have thought about before. I think there is the possibility that that this is me comfort eating over over other issues but you know that's for another podcast for now i'm going to carry on my research into the genetic possibility and see where we go from there well that's it for this episode and as it gets published uh, myself and brad will be in the us and to be honest i have no idea whereabouts will be because time zones and geography are not a marriage made in heaven for me. I, my geography is absolutely awful as far as I'm concerned. Whichever way I'm facing is north. As for time zones, I can manage the time where I am, not where anybody else is. So no, I have no idea where we'll be. We'll either be in Chicago or we'll be on the California Zephyr traveling across seven different states across the across the US or will be in San Francisco any one of those places could be true it's like Schrodinger's Schrodinger's holiday we are either until we know where we are we are either in those places or we're not in those places this will be auto published so that's why I'm saying all this because we'll be away when it happens but uh, thank you to, uh, to Jane who sent me the email with the article in as I said I'll put the article in the show notes thank you to Ria for the lovely conversation we had also Ria took me to aqua aerobics and oh my gosh it was a lot of fun and I will be going again unfortunately I haven't been able to go to the next one so it'll be when we come back off holiday that I'll be going with her again to that but I had a lot of fun I felt exhausted the next day so it certainly did something it certainly worked and uh, I was very grateful to her for letting me tag along more on that though in uh, in the next episode thank you again to listen for listening feel free to get in touch all the links and everything are in the show notes i do love the correspondence and i love hearing from you i'm happy to take suggestions on content i'm happy to take suggestions for guests i just love hearing from you because you're all wonderful people so thank you very much for listening and until next time bye bye